Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You mean that game has ended? I thought all the fouling at the end, the game <laughs> would still be going on when we uh, showed up uh, this morning. <laughs> I was like, talk about stretching a game, giving people their money's worth. Yeah. Uh, last night, Creighton defeated uh, Villanova, as you heard here on The Zone. First time that Creighton has beaten Nova at the uh, Big East Tournament. And they did it pretty much pillar to post. They beat them by 13, 87-74. They led throughout. They really never let Villanova have a pulse. They got from 20 to 9. Eh. But uh, Creighton responded in kind. Uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner responded in kind. And Creighton is still alive in the Big East Tournament. They'll play Xavier later tonight as a 3.5-point favorite. A uh, game that you'll hear here on the uh, zone in the semifinals of the Big East tournament. Good morning, everybody. Everybody enjoy that last night. Yeah, that was good. There really was no, there's no drama. There wasn't whatsoever. Opposite of the night before. I was telling Jimmy that uh, if you were thinking about, all right, maybe shutting her down. Creighton's going to take that 20 point lead in the second half and maybe expand that into perhaps a 25, 30 point lead and uh, really leave everything uh, with very little doubt. Villanova would do just enough to make you think, okay, all right, maybe here they go. And they would, you know, they cut it into nine at one point. But yeah, it was always Creighton keeping them at arm's length, which was good to say because how many times in the broadcast did we hear the nobody wants to play Villanova and talking about how Mac was saying nobody wants to play Villanova, nobody wants to play Villanova? Was that part of the Gus Johnson complaining? I, I, I don't know if that was uh, part of that. People might forget, but, but last year, Gus Johnson was complaining about Steph Curry and how it's impacted the college game. and He he kind of started to complain a little bit last night, and I was like, eh, you know what? I don't need to listen to Gus. We'll, we'll, we'll go with uh, mute on this. Well, Gus had a lot of patterns going on yesterday, too. I'm actually surprised he didn't break in and tell us that Wisconsin should be in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Uh, but last night, so that game, the way it unfolded, and they were locked in defensively right away. I mean, the first half was a problem uh, for Moore and Dixon. They couldn't do anything. And, and Creighton played at a high level defensively. Now, second half, they gave up a bunch of points. But the first half, they were locked in. I mean, Nemhart is flying all over the floor. And you got Kalkbrenner, who is Kalkbrenner. But as a fivesome, and you'll add a little bit of the bench, that was a quality team win. But I think last night for Creighton, when you beat Villanova by 13, and that's a, a good Villanova team. I wonder what a Jay well. Wright would have done with that kind of Villanova team at the end of the year. Uh, just some experience on that stage, prepping for a team that you just recently beat, that it clearly stuck with Creighton. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that experience in Philadelphia clearly was on Creighton's mind as they prepped for this game. But Creighton could play another week. They could play two weeks. They could play three weeks from now and still be playing, what you saw last night is the blueprint for them. Their starting five is really, really good. I know it's breaking news. Jimmy, you missed the sounder on that one. <laughs> They're good on both ends of the floor. Okay, The starting five you would put up against most starting fives in college basketball. But they're going to ride that starting five. Mac was like, we're not messing around tonight. We're going to come out. We're going to throw the first punch on Creighton. We're not going to let up. And if we have to play our starting five and they don't get in foul trouble, we're going to roll with them. I mean, it was a long time before they put in their first sub last night, and you saw the result. That starting five responded, and they blitzed Villanova right away. 
and they got a big lead, and the rest was history. But that's I, you're going to rely on a starting five that gave you five in double figures last night, and Shireman almost had a triple double. That's the blueprint moving forward for Creighton. Is that five is going to that's a live or die with Creighton? And last night they lived pretty well. Yeah, and Farabello comes in at a time when they just had it rolling. You know, I mean, Creighton clearly had the momentum, and you know, then he adds to it as well. The one thing that I kept watching last night was what I talked to Joel about. We've looked at when Creighton played last time, and not expecting Dixon to go off for you know twenty five plus or thirty one like he had last time. But what type of what type of presence would Kalkrenner have around him? And you could see a lot more discipline of kind of holding his ground, of being that rim protector. There are a few times, especially in the first half, though, where and I think this was intentional for Kalkbrenner, where you had to get you had a guard and wasn't, you know, same guy every time, but you had somebody maybe in transition, Kalkbrenner would kind of jab out that way, and then they thought, okay, we've got Kalkbrenner vacating. Now we're going to drive, and he his recovery. It was only, and this led me to think that this was intentional. This was part of their game plan too, where either he bluffed it or he fully committed to defend the perimeter. They see him vacating. They try to take him off the dribble, and his recovery. You know, people forget. You know, when you're a seven footer, you still do have very long legs, and you can cover uh, in two steps. What takes most in about five steps. And his ability to recover, get back, and alter the shot, too. It was just impressive to watch him because I know that was sort of the big story when they lost in Philadelphia was Kalkbrenner sort of getting caught in between, maybe getting out of the paint a little too much, trying to help. And they weren't able to take advantage. And then, you know, you're knocking down some shots on the perimeter. So it's it's forcing him to kind of maybe vacate where he's comfortable. And that was a big weapon for Villanova. His defense, not that it look, not that it hasn't been sound all year. That was a game where they were trying to get him into a difficult situation. We'll just say if you watched him in the first half, even in moments where it wasn't necessarily him having to defend straight up, you could tell why he's the Big East defensive player of the year. I mean, I don't think there was any any question about it, and it was a lot of little things based on the previous matchup that you could tell there was just a little bit minor tweak that altered shot the entire first half and, and it, it really did speed up and I don't want to put it just on Kalkbrenner as well you know between Trey Alexander who is a, a an elite defender when you're watching Villanova get sped up the way that they did I mean there was no no wonder they could not find any offensive rhythm it was it was impressive to watch the offense and getting going was good to see but I think defensively more than anything seeing Villanova sped up taking maybe some ill-advised shots I, I thought that was great from Creighton yeah I, I didn't my biggest night with Kalkbrenner was offense He's a major mismatch down low, and Creighton found him, and he took advantage of that to get to 21. But they got a starting five, and you ride them, and that's about as good a starting five in all of college basketball and everything that they can do on both ends of the floor. And so last night is kind of what you're going to see. They're playing another week, another two weeks, uh, another three weeks, and now they get uh, Xavier tonight as a three-and-a-half-point uh, favor. There's also part of last night, and, and whatever the blueprint is moving forward for success, because you have, you know, if you win tonight, you've got either UConn or Marquette, which wild day at the Big East. Mm. I mean, Big East back-to-back days is delivered. The, the only game that really was never in doubt and didn't have any drama was Creighton's game yeah. last night. Is Creighton pushed the pace and they got the lead. My One of my biggest concerns is if Creighton falls behind. They don't force a lot of turnovers. I mean, they're, they're one of the worst teams in college basketball in terms of forcing turnovers. And 
they're not really good at rebounding their own misses. So if they get on a heater early and they push the pace and they keep it a manageable game, whether you know they have the lead or they're behind, then I like their chances. I don't like them as a team that comes from behind. And last night they did everything that they kind of showed you. Yeah. Since Villanova, that's the way we're going to win basketball games. And they're still playing. And we'll have the game tonight coming up uh, slated to begin at 8. As you saw last night. It never begins at 8 o'clock. Four best teams. 8.55 when it tipped off. After DePaul uh, had a chance, and then they didn't. Jack Nungy and bad point guard play, and Mm -hmm. Xavier moves on. UConn on the other side, which was up 26, and if that's the UConn that's going to play for the next couple of weeks, that's going to be a tough UConn team to play. Yeah, Uh, But Providence hung in there. Now, Providence got to sit for a couple of days and Worry about if they're on the bubble or not. And then Marquette, I mean, give credit to St. John's. Mike Anderson may be done. I think the New York City media want Mike Anderson to be done, and they want St. John's to grab Patino before Georgetown makes a move on Patino. But St. John's, like back-to-back weekends against Marquette, they hung in there. They're a, there's a lot of teams I watched in yesterday. I thought they were going to do it, too. They're complete enigmas. <laughs> like Illinois and Iowa are enigmas yeah. to me. Yeah, there's a few in the Big Ten right there. St. John's, not on that level, because Iowa and Illinois are going to go to the NCAA tournament. But I look at St. John's, and I'm like, they play such chaotic basketball, but they have some dudes. They can never have all those dudes playing at the same time. Right. And they almost did yesterday. I mean, and, and But then again, as whether it be in college or watching a high school game last night in the state tournament, the late game composure when things get tight and the other team is bound to make right. a run – how do you react? And St. John's didn't react after having a nice little lead on Marquette. And you saw the result. Marquette's able to stay alive and win in overtime. And I think the semifinals tonight at Mass Square Garden are fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a great foursome to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all going to the NCAA tournament. Yep. And they are by far the best four teams that are playing in the Big East right now. And they should be fantastic games. Yeah. And that's the, I know, you, depending on who you ask, some people are going to be like, ah, you know, you want to see the, the, the good story, like the Georgetown from a couple of years ago when. You know, Patrick Ewing and that team, and again now, Patrick Ewing, thank you for your time at Georgetown, that's official, that you get on that run and it's a fun story, but something about Madison Square Garden and just seeing high-level basketball from the teams that have pretty much shown that all year long, you've got the best right there. You've got the best matchups going on tonight. So Marquette-UConn, not to take anything away from the Crane game, but the Marquette-UConn game, that's going to be fantastic. You guys talked about Thursday being a fun day, and don't get me wrong, it was. I just kept going from channel to channel. It's just, especially after talking about three years ago and everything, it just gave more perspective. But those Friday night games, that was another level of excitement. Yeah. Especially like when I covered the Big 12 tournament, they'll have some fun games tonight down there too. But you talk about the Big East and the Big 12. I mean, Friday night, that's a fun, fun night of basketball. It just kind of gets you ready for next week. Yeah, right. some great matches in the Big Twelve as well, Big Ten today. Like, I mean, it's it's going to be a great day, great night. Yeah, if there a night where we had maybe controversy or no controversy at the state high school basketball uh, tournament at the uh, a game ending uh, scenario that we will uh, get into, uh, because it also it's not only basketball with state basketball now to the semifinals as well in all the classes. Uh, Jim Simons, Omaha Westside, is going to join us coming up at seven forty-five. They get Bellevue West uh, tonight in the first semifinal. How about the Class A semifinals? The four teams that are playing. So Bellevue West, Jaden Jackson just got an offer from Omaha yesterday, his first Division One offer. Uh, he can join the rest of the Bellevue West clan that is <laughs> playing for uh, Omaha. And in the Summit League. They play 
against Westside. The last time they played, finished in overtime. And then the Millard-North-Gretna game, which will be a really good matchup in terms of like a chess matchup between coaching staffs. The last time and only time they played was in overtime as well. And those are uh, tonight down in Lincoln at PBA. That's a that's a great foursome. Um, there's a lot of really good semifinals in the state high school basketball tournament. But we also have hockey tonight. Yeah, I've got to admit, I'm a little bummed I have hockey with those semifinals. Oh, I bet you are. I I Uh, am, but it's a playoff hockey, so that gets me fired up. But that was fun to watch, and that was my first real taste of it. Now seeing, you know, the teams that have now emerged in the semifinals, like, I'm legitimately like, kind of, can we do both of these things? I saw my first green person yesterday in my neighborhood. Yeah. Took me a minute. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, in your neighborhood. It makes sense. How did they... um, can you describe them? Were they double fisting beers yet? Yeah. Uh, no, it okay. was. Uh, it looked like a, a couple that their life is North Dakota hockey. Mm-hmm. They were decked out in their fighting hawk gear. Well, actually, the gentleman was wearing an old Sioux oh, sweater. Yeah. yeah, nobody's wearing fighting hawk stuff. So I was like, okay, they have arrived. And tonight <laughs> begins for the first time ever at Baxter Arena, a first-round yeah. NCHC series, which... There's a lot on the line. Both of these teams are not in the NCAA no. tournament, and they need to get out of Omaha to still have hope. Yep. North Dakota has more work to do than Omaha does. Right. Um, but it'll be an interesting weekend in that building. And you know especially, they, especially coming off last weekend where they just met up in Grand Forks. And yeah. you, know, you know those uh, Hardy fans are down here and thinking, man, Omaha, warm, tropical. <laughs> I, I've had um, – I, I admit I've said this the last couple of weeks when you knew Omaha was going to host. I'm like, just don't get North Dakota. Don't get North Dakota. But – these teams, this is weird to say because North Dakota usually, unless you're playing, you know, Cloud or Duluth or Denver, usually has the favorable matchup given the talent that North Dakota has that they always have, even on a down year like this year. And you can kind of see that talent starting to pop right now. I mean, they've matched up extremely well, though. I mean, going all the way back to November, where I think the most lopsided win was uh, North Dakota winning, I think, 4 1, 4 2. Everything else has been decided either by a goal or in overtime or a shootout so if you think this thing is going two games if you're like hey sunday i'm, I'm free and clear and eh, you might want to make plans on sunday if yeah. you're if you're in this thing if you're committed to watching this entire what series. are you gonna do with your disney on ice tickets um so we i found out we have the afternoon one okay so i'll be able to do both we'll be at the chi health center with the the little guy for disney on ice and then maybe maybe doing some hockey later on so it of, works out well a lot of ice that's a nice little sunday might get to bed bath and beyond i don't know if there'll be enough time but it'll be a good little sunday i've get heard it, that show handle. so i saw channel seven was live downtown as they're you know promote promoting uh, disney on ice i heard somebody saying the show that was i think they were just in kansas city like it's like a great show i i, mean, I went as a little kid a lot but they said it's like really really good like it's a huge presentation if you love Frozen and you want that yeah. song stuck in your head for weeks, it's a great show to go to. I'm his, not going to play it. I won't do that. To don't, you guys. yeah, please or, don't. Or the people listening. His tension span, though, is like measured in nanoseconds. Yeah, but there's I enough like movement going the, yeah, on. You might be okay. That's what I'm hoping. And, and for. you got Mickey and Minnie? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Is he for. into Mickey and Minnie? He likes Mickey. Yeah, okay. he's got Mickey socks. He loves that. But I know anything that involves ice, he's going to wonder where hockey is. Okay. When do so, they start fighting? Yeah. So we we might be one of the very few uh, families that are, that bring the hockey his, his little mini <laughs> hockey stick. He'll probably have that, and he might actually have a jersey on. He'll have his Patrick Kane. Gosh, we still haven't broke the news to him about Patrick Kane. 
But uh, he might if, have his Patrick Kane. What if Blackhawks he did have season. a fight break out on Disney and Ice? <laughs> like, there's some drama behind the scenes. Donald right. and Goofy right. go there's at some, it. Some some rivalries. Right. Maybe somebody got the the lead, and someone's jealous. Maybe we get a Tanya Harding kneecapping. Like the character that's playing Donald or the character that's playing Goofy is trying to date Minnie. Yeah, and they've had like you know some skirmishes in their trailer. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they take it on the ice, and they just had enough of each other. And in the middle of Disney on ice, Donald Duck and Goofy just square off yeah. and start throwing haymakers at each other. And the next thing you know, one of their the, the characters' heads pops off. Yeah. Would that not be worth the price of admission right there? Because those tickets weren't cheap. And I know for speaking on my behalf... I know myself and probably other fathers would probably find that even more entertaining. Some, some eight-year-old yelling world star hip-hop. and we're, we're telling our wife, we're like, when is this thing coming back? We've got to get tickets. This is amazing. It's the trauma if you had a Disney on Ice brawl. Well, think about it. You're, 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 you're traveling all the time. I mean, there's relationships that develop and sometimes maybe even rivalries that are developed. Sure. I, don't, I don't know oh, how so like, sh- the pecking order goes. But sure, probably one of the characters or two have a hockey background that's could, yeah, perfected well, yeah. their skating. Absolutely. And they probably still have a little competitive spirit. And if you didn't get that lead Mickey role and you were, you know, demoted to, say, Daisy, and you feel like you got passed over for reasons that you will never understand, that could spill out onto how, the ice. How soon would that go viral? How, how, how soon before Omaha would be on the map About if we minutes. had Disney on ice oh, at the Chai? Within seconds. All of a sudden, Donald and Goofy are rolling around on the ice just beating the crap out of each other. We all might of, lead off with it Monday instead of the all, brackets. All of this happening on Selection Sunday, too. It'd be within seconds. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Hey, coming up, we'll talk about Creighton in the tournament. But first, did you see what happened you know, at the Chai last night? I, again, I know maybe I'd be alone, but I'd say, where's the encore presentation? I want more of this. Can we do the evening one? Are they coming back on Monday? Should be even better. Like the, They keep performing. Yep. You just oh, got they, Donald they and it. Goofy off on the side or just throwing <laughs> haymakers at each yep. other. And they're still doing Donald rips Goofy's head off. The program is still taking place because the show must go on. <laughs> oh gosh. Now see, now you got me excited on something that I'm probably not going to see on Sunday, but just the small chance that it did. Gosh, that would be amazing. It'd be so much fun. We've tried to keep the kid away from seeing like any type of like major fights in hockey. Um that one, I would just let let him lean into it. I'm hoping there's fights at Baxter Arena on the ice, not in the stands. I was wondering. Yeah. I bet they'll ramp up uh, the security this weekend at Baxter Arena after the incident last year with the North Dakota fan. Yeah. Yeah, there's Have that. Have gone to trial yet? Not that I'm aware of, no. Been charged. I mean, I think yeah. Douglas County wants to make an example out of him. Well, we had North Dakota on North Dakota uh, crimes at the outdoor game. Fans on fans, they just... You know, they, they were waiting around so long before the game actually started, and they didn't know who to hit, so yeah. they just started hitting each other. A little bit of it is fans were blowing like .3 that night downtown. Was that all? Uh, Dave Starman, uh, who is uh, one of the great voices of college hockey and hockey in general, great dude, will join us coming up at 9. Matt Verzal will stop by as well, and as usual, Friday slot. Line brought to you by the referees at John Higgins Weather Guard. More on the Creighton game last night, a little bit on uh, Nebraska basketball is what kind of night was it yesterday and last night for Nebraska's NIT hopes? They may still have a pulse, even though I thought yesterday, eh, they may still have a pulse because I don't know if North Carolina and Michigan want to play in the NIT. And that's okay, especially North Carolina, which might be mm. the biggest collapse yeah. in the history of college basketball to go from... Ten minutes away. Well, Four were, minutes away. They were preseason argue. number one, mm-hmm. and they're done. They've got NIT written all over them, but I don't think they want to play in the NIT. I think Hubert Davis would be like, you know what? Lightning in a bottle last year. 
Year two didn't go so well. Let's just wash our hands. Let's start anew. Why do we continue this season where the expectations were to get back to the national championship game, not play in the NIT? Yeah, yeah you're, a, you're a year ago removed from the and national championship game in a game that you were up. Don't take it you're from up somebody by half-time. that wants to be in the NIT. You know? Like, I mean, that like would obviously that's that's seen as a step forward for Nebraska, where it's a major step back for North Carolina. So I like that logic. Uh, 951-1620, the number if you weren't able to uh, chat about the Creighton game last night. We'll take your calls. We'll get into from Kalkbrenner to Shireman to what is up tonight for Xavier, which danced with DePaul for a long, long time yesterday. I thought DePaul, who just shot lights out, was going to pull off the upset because that was starting to make sense at the Big East Tournament and in college basketball tournaments yesterday. But Xavier survived, and the top four are playing the night at MSG. You can always email us into the Equitable Bank uh, inbox. We get any update on old man Doug? He survived his night at MSG. Haven't heard. I mean, he's part of the, th- the thing about Creighton's introduction to the Big East. The Missouri Valley knew this with Arch Madness. That is a destination for Creighton fans. There are so many Creighton fans that are at Madison Square Garden. It almost feels like half a home game. Yep. Which, that is impressive. And that looks good on that Creighton. Yeah, very impressive. They still go out there. Yeah. Uh, Gary at 1620thezone.com, Hanley at 1620thezone.com, or on the uh, JTEC Construction Zone Twitter feed at GarySharp1620, at Nick1620. Off and running, Jim Simons, head coach at Westside, state semifinals for boys basketball in Lincoln at uh, PBA in Devaney. Omaha West, Omaha West Side and Bellevue West play later tonight, and Coach Simons will join us coming up in the next hour. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620thezone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.